Good morning, Faith Fellowship. If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts 15, and, uh, and then I'll prompt you again just to be thinking about that. So while you're getting your Bible out, while you're turning there, I want you to be thinking about something, and we will obviously, you know, we'll have some time for prayer here in just a second um, for the message. Well, now we'll do praise and prayer afterwards, but, but for the sake of what we were talking about last week and even what's coming up, you have to start seeing yourselves as shepherds and stewards of your entire life, like everything you have. So a ton of you have children in here. You already knew that as it relates to your kid. But what sometimes we will forget that is like, but even you're in that neighborhood or you're at that job or you are an employer. Um, those times you're in school. Okay, so that fear of influence the Lord has given you to steward. Okay, and that's not to put more weight on you than it's just to help you not to be going through your life aimlessly. Right? Okay, so last time we looked at in verse three, it says, and being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And remember that essentially we're just talking about an escort, but how important was that escort because Phoenicia, Samaria, these are places that got the gospel as a result of Paul's horrible acts. So then on one hand, he is a scatterer and now him going back, he is a planter. Paul used to I mean, just incredible what God will do in the life of the believer, right? Once you just submit yourself to him. And remember we saw there, at the end of that, it says, and they cause great joy. And we just, we just dove in hard on what was that cause? So what is our cause? Why do we do what we do? At this point, we're, we're so close. I don't listen. I know you love me, but I don't want you to just show up because like, you don't want me to be disappointed. Right. Or that you want to sit next to me or you want to talk to me. As much as a part of my ego loves that, and I am the person that struggles with very much, I could be a man pleaser in that way. I mean, as a kid, I, I, I wanted everybody to like me, right? So I'm going to do what I got to do to make that happen. But that is a disservice to the gospel by which you walk under. You see what I'm saying? So the cause has to be that. The cause has to be that essentially the entirety of your life is blanketed by the gospel. And that everything that you do, everything that you are, that you understand how you operate is through that lens. If that is your focus, this is why you can have great joy. Because remember, we said for those at uh, uh, Phoenicia and Samaria, we're still we're talking about Jews that are excited that Gentiles are getting saved. Who cares? The dogs are saved. That's terrible news. No, that's great news. Those guys are they're excited. Right. So. That was why. So, okay, fall festival is coming up. That is an opportunity to steward that gospel. In terms of how you think about that, I know you might be thinking in your head, I'm just going to pass out this. But what would happen if you prayed for opportunity leading up to Saturday? Do you think that the God of heaven would hear that? That's all I'm saying. So now... I, I'm not, it's not about shaming you or whatever, but if all of a sudden, Josh, the entirety of this class shows up to help out, praise the Lord. But that's, but I want you to just think of it in those terms. 
we're inviting the neighborhood to MBT so that potentially there's an opportunity for the gospel to come out. Either the, we have a prayer tent or you're passing out candy and they linger. They're just hanging out by the. And, you know, and so you got to be sensitive to that. Remember, one of the things that we said of our key point was like, you got to pray first. So, okay, you signed up for, you're going to help out Josh and you're going to represent our class in that way. Man, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But what I want you to be thinking is, and so for those of you that are not going to attend, you know what you can do? You can pray for them that they would have opportunity. Pray for utterance. Pray for then boldness. Okay. Because here's the thing that we got to do. You guys are great. You're like, I mean, so you know how Serena is my favorite person on earth. But you guys are my favorite people. And it's not because, oh, you're in my class. And I, like that, I, that part is, I've been with you now, I don't know how many years, a long time, but six years, I think, something like that. But man, I love you, right? So let's just, we've kind of been on this journey together. And I think that God is uh, moving us forward and getting us in on the vision of that shepherds and evangelists. And so let's just see Saturday properly not just another thing to do but something that we can be a part of that actually could have an impact in the life of a person forever for eternity it's incredible and you got candy reese's peanut butter cups on top of it <laughs> right okay so let's pray and then let's get into it <clears throat> heavenly father lord thank you so much for today lord just thank you for the opportunities that you've afforded me but not only me this class lord that we can just get your word, that we can get encouraged, that we can get equipped. Lord, set our hearts on fire. Lord, we just properly tried to lay to rest uh, to some degree one of our members in this class that we saw, man, fervently go after you, despite how she may have felt most of the time. And so, Father, um, yeah, we're just grateful. Only you can do these things. You truly are amazing. And so, Lord, I just ask, would you just remove me and allow the Holy Spirit to speak freely uh, to your people, encourage them, lead them, guide them, Lord, and give us some truth from your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so now we're going to be looking at 4 through 11, and um, this is Peter's uh, position. Okay, so now what are we looking at? Context is this. Peter is explaining his position on whether the Gentiles need to be circumcised or not. Just to back up a little bit for those of you that may not have been here, you know that this great kind of uh, argument rose up in the church in Antioch, the one that's in Syria, okay? And uh, essentially what happens is, is now there's this kind of friction because this sect of the Jews comes and says, hey, uh, in order for the Gentiles to truly be saved, they're going to have to get circumcised as well. This, oddly enough, as much as anybody that knows the law, like Paul, uh, this is like upsetting to him, right? And, it, and they get into it about it. You can kind of see that in verse two, it says, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dis dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And so essentially that's what's happening. We saw the journey has taken place. We saw the kind of detour uh, along that way. It's kind of like, you know, when you're, um, when my family would go to, uh, 
Oklahoma. I have a lot of family there. And we would go back there for family reunion. We always stop at that McDonald's, the big one on the highway on I-35. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, if you've gone that way, you know that McDonald's, right? Uh, kind of sketchy looking on the inside, but it's big and you hungry by that time. It's like four and a half hours, I think, or whatever, right? And so, um, yeah. So you got to have that detour. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad that Paul, or I, really, I'm glad that the Lord recorded that trip that he had a chance to go because we know of what it was beforehand. You know, it's just neat to see that, right? Really encouraged. Our focus today will be from four to 11, which is essentially going to deal with the fact that now they have made, they have touched down in Jerusalem and uh, Peter is going to speak. There are some things that obviously we, we got to kind of walk away with, but then I think there are some things from the shepherding aspect, just in terms of a leadership level that we need to pull out. So if you think of this, we got to cover the big jacket is of, of this whole idea, right? Is essentially the door has been open to the Gentiles and it doesn't come with any conditions, right? And so that's the big jacket, okay? Then the smaller thing is like, what's, what's happening to thwart that? Because you got to understand that obviously the enemy is playing a part here in order to try to make sure it's like, yeah, have God said kind of thing, right? And then the little pockets of this jacket are going to be the stuff that you can pull out practically. As growing leaders and as a class that we want to be, uh, you know, saying that we're shepherds, okay, well, there's some things that you need to kind of pull from this, okay? And so the key point is going to be this, unity with God. And you're like, man, that's very broad. But I'm telling you, this is absolutely the case, is to have unity with God. Now, I don't have this written up there, but you can write this down if you, if you would like. How do I do that, though? It's going to be, I'm going to have to know his word. I'm going to have to know his heart and then agree with the testimony of others that is according to his word. And I'll say it again. Unity with God. That's kind of the overall the big, masterful key point. So how am I going to do? I'm going to have to know his word. If you think about something, just automatically right out the gate, if, if these sect of the Pharisees truly knew his word on this matter, it should be settled in their heart. They have heard it, but they just like, I don't know. I don't, I want to put some hangups on these Gentiles because I don't like them. They're filthy dogs. And how is it that the Lord would give filthy dogs the same thing that he gives me? Cause he's not you. That's why. <laughs> right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so we got to know his heart. We have to understand that the Lord is not a respecter of persons. Like at the end of the day, the big thing is he don't care black or white. Now, listen, the whole idea, like he doesn't see color. He absolutely does because he created all the color. Like, don't be afraid to say that you see color. The thing that you have to understand about it is appreciate it. I like that I can blend in in all these places. I don't speak Hindi. <laughs> but I can blend in. If I got a mustache and straighten my hair, India. <laughs> I am there. Especially where I was in Badrachalam. That place, yeah, for sure. Dark, like me. And so, man, I, I love that. And I love that those individuals also need the gospel. That's God's heart. Okay? So, that's you got to understand that. Know his word. Know his heart. Because, see, that helps. Sometimes, okay, the Pharisees. Could we say that they know his word? 
Absolutely. Better than we do. They have it memorized. They don't know his heart. That's where it falls short. Got to have both. A lot of people know truth and they don't, if they don't know his heart, it doesn't do anything in them. The next thing is this, agree with the testimony of others that is according to his word. I'm not always looking for a spot for dissension, right? And if I see that God is at work in the life of somebody else, then I'm going to say, amen. How do I support that? How do I be a part of that? That's the thing that why we put people in front of you on Tuesday nights as it relates to the mission, because we want you to see, listen, I know a little bit like Midtown as awesome as it is, we can, in our heads, it's like the only thing good from the earth comes from Midtown, <laughs> right? That's not true. There are other great churches that have great men and women of God that are doing things in other places. And then sometimes they come here in front of us. And you know what our pastors do? They put them in front of us. They've met with them. They've talked to them. We align and they say, hey, support them. That's good for us. You realize that, right? It just helps us to have that bigger view, something the Pharisees lacked. Okay, so let's read our text and then we'll jump into it. <clears throat> it says, verse four, and when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. But there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when they had been much disputing, again, so disputing twice. Now, you, I'm just, we're going to read a verse. The Lord's going to tell you what he thinks about that. Um, Peter rose up, said to them, men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago, God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? And so that's our text. Okay, so you know how we do. Let's break it down. Verse four, and when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declare all things that God had done with them. And that received, when you see that there, there is something that you have to understand. The fruit of unity is us, the Lord, and God, the Father. It makes a connection, a link. It's not something that if I'm, if I'm aligned with James, it's not just between me and him. It's between me, him, the Lord, God, the Father. And I'm doing that in a place through the Spirit. Matthew 10, 40. I read all this. Okay. He that, um, he that receiveth you, you should underline you in your Bible. He that receiveth you receiveth me. See that? And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. It's more than, it's a party. As far as the Lord is concerned, there is something about this unity. And so, listen, don't get too hung up. Now, there are some carnal things that are taking place in order for this to, to happen. But I absolutely love that there was a question arose. And then the, the, the best counsel that came up was, hey, why don't you go back to Jerusalem and talk and ask them about this? It says something to us in terms of leadership. In Romans 
15, 7, it says this, wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. So now you see in terms of unity that whose heart is that? That's God's heart. And a lot of times, a little bit, we can, even in things that we may disagree on, there is a way to handle things that we must agree on. You see what I'm saying? I can't let anything that's just going to break us apart, man. That's, I mean, that's a big deal to the Lord. Who am I that I should start all of a sudden, like, cancel? Like, the whole idea of cancel culture is ridiculous. You going to cancel somebody? What if the Lord started canceling? There'd be a lot of people going to hell. See what I'm saying? But this is the thing that we're coming up in where we kind of think like unity is a, uh, that's a light thing or that's just some good little word. It's cute, you know, when we do like nice fonts of it and then you put an owl up the corner of it. No. <laughs> like unity is better than something that just ends up as paper stock. Unity is something that the Lord has given you because he's unified with the Father. And now as a result of that, and your trust in him, you are unified with all of them. Big deal. Very big deal. John, uh, excuse me, 3 John 1a says, we therefore ought to receive such, don't miss this, that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Now think about that in terms of unity, what this helps you to do. If the goal here for them is to go back and get the answer Man, they get a chance to be a part of being that fellow helper. If I fracture myself from that counsel that's going to go and hear this truth and then, okay, now this is going to have an impact, guys, for the rest of humanity. This needs to be settled. Just think about it. The Lord said that that was the case. I got to get saved. I got to get circumcised. Dang. I mean, that. Please don't miss the importance of, of what unity is here. Now, there are some conditions to not receive someone, and this would, this would be something at a higher level, leadership level. You would see this in uh, 2 John 1.10. Oh, yeah, we did get there. It changed here, not here. Hang on a second. No. I advanced too far. Okay, sorry about that. So in 2 John 1, 10, it says, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, uh-oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, right there. See, there's something about that. So you know who doesn't get a chance to uh, get put in front of you at MBT? People who have doctrine different than us, like drastically different in the sense that uh, that gospel is not going to be right. I had one time this guy tell me back in the pew, he was, you know, kind of bopping around. I'm like, hey, I think I was on security still. And he said, man, this is a good message today. I think God is calling me to be a preacher in this place. And I want to meet uh, the pastor. And because, uh, I, man, I think it's time for me to be uh, ordained. And I said, <laughs> I just, I kind of did what I just did, right? <laughs> it was like, just chuckle to myself. I said, hey, brother. Um, why don't you just come back every week for six months with a closed mouth and an open Bible and open notes and just take notes and let's just see what happens. Never saw him again. Never saw him again. You're telling me something already. Your doctrine, if you think that we're just going to ordain you because you want to be, your doctrine is not the doctrine that we are under. I can't have that. We can't just take that in. It says, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. 
See, the thing is, is that is a disruptor. So now you understand Paul's fervor. I want to be unified here. I want to make sure that we're on the same page. I want to even as a leader, knowing good and well that the Lord Jesus has purposed me himself. I want to submit myself to the church in Jerusalem because I understand the importance there. I know what's taking place. And this is all coming about because there's a different doctrine trying to tie up the Gentiles. It's problematic. Not something that we should take lightly in today's world. We've talked about this before, where we protect that position. Listen to this. Here, here's Paul giving an example of somebody, and there's something interesting. He says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, uh, it took me a minute, I just had to slow down, who love it to have the preeminence among them. Oh, there it is. See, wrong doctrine is always about you having the right answer, not the Lord. You're never going to have wrong doctrine that's going to submit itself to the Lord. It always is going to make you the man. You got the, you got the answer. You're the one that everybody's got to come to. I don't want to be in that spot. Do you want to be in that spot? No. No, you don't want to be in that spot. And so, okay, there's other things here still that we don't want to miss. And that verse four, still we're looking at, and that all is pertaining to the open door of the gospel to the Gentiles. And we got to understand something too, before we kind of get to our practical application. In 1 Corinthians 15, 10, it says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, I love it. See, remember Diotrephes and his preeminence among them? Here, Paul, it starts off, you're like, uh-uh, Diotrephes? Nope, watch this. But the grace of God, which was with me. The thing that I have now in terms of this leadership, this opportunity, this role that I have, this instruction to be the minister, the apostle to the Gentiles, man, it's only but by the grace of God that's given to me. And so I want you to see something and be thinking about our next opportunity, either for uh, first, uh, no, evangelism uh, Saturday or fall festival is this in second Corinthians 519 to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Listen, this job that Paul has to do, guess what? You got to do it too. You got to do it too. This is the thing of why I can't really let you off the hook. I love you. I kind of have to lick your wounds. I, I went hard on you last week. So I'm being softer today, but I can't really. It's like this. There's, there's a knife right here kind of thing. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So this is how it's got to be. And so now listen, you understand that here is your practical application for my shepherds in here. Those of you that are growing, you got to understand that unity with the brethren is of a high priority to God. You have to understand that. You absolutely have to understand that. It's of a high priority to God. Understand that unity with the brethren is of a high priority to God. You don't listen. If you're not going to be unified with the brethren, do, do you think that that's going to have any effect on your ability to share the gospel, to make disciples? See this. I don't want to go it alone. I don't want to be Rambo Christian. 
the one thing that I desire more than, than, than the potential even to be ordained as pastor is I just want to be a part here with you guys. That's really what drives my heart is that to be a part. And so then I let the leadership then say, okay, and be a part this way. Absolutely. I'm going to do that. You got to take note here. It will take dying itself for this to be accomplished. If it's a high priority to God, you're going to have to die to self. I'm just telling you, listen, there ain't no way around it. If we're talking about understanding just the receiving of what it is that God is offering, and then there's just going to be somebody, man, that you just don't agree with. And the Lord says, receive them as well. That's your brother. That's your sister. But Lord, I don't like them. Lord, they do this. They say this or they look funny. They dress funny. They're from some place that I'm not from. It don't matter. It don't matter. You set it aside. Die to self. See, here's that evangelist side of this. For the evangelists in class, it is by God's grace that you have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. And it will be by the same grace that you do the work. You got to die to self and you got to understand it's by God's grace that you have something to even give somebody. But then it will also be by his grace that you do it. So you have to understand that. It's not by I'm not looking for you guys to try harder. I'm not looking for you guys to to uh, frustrate yourselves more. Just just be opportunistic. Look at your opportunities and see truly what they are. Verse five. One more. Nope, that's it. Okay, verse five. So now, but there arose up certain other sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And that certain there is to make sure that we know that all the Pharisees, not all of them, did this, but it was a large number. And in particular, there is something kind of important just to see in verse uh, 20 of Acts 21. It says, and when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said, Unto him, thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe. And then look at this, this hang up, though. And they are all zealous of the law. Uh, that's going to be a problem. So now there are these individuals. We can't just say, oh, that they're, that they're not saved. The thing is, is that they're zealous of the law, just as much as they are believing on the name of Jesus. They don't understand the freedom that, ne- that they actually have. So now, because they don't really understand that they're free, they're trying to make sure they put handcuffs on somebody else. You got to listen. The whole thing with the gospel, Dan said this, and it's so true. The way that you share the gospel is very telling of how you understand it. If there is hangups and it's not good news, then perhaps you need to really understand it for yourself. It can't be all like, you know, let me throw the Bible down your throat and then like, I kind of hate you, God kind of hates you, but now he's kind of offering this gift of salvation. No, man, listen, it's good news. Is it good news or not? And so it doesn't need to have these, these hangups tied to it. The thing is for, uh, for Paul is that he understood that this was going to entangle. And I love the wording here in Galatians 5.1. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, I Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, 
Christ shall profit you nothing. Like this is Paul's argument here. That essentially, this is why he's kind of so upset. Now, do I think that Paul should maybe carry things out the way he does? Maybe not. Just because I, I think he's probably a hot-blooded dude. There are two, you know, there are a couple situations that he kind of gets into. He's just one of these guys that his tank just runs a little hot than everybody else. And so he might be on the edge all the time, you know, kind of do just, you know, an intense cat. And so I think that there is some wisdom that, you know, later will kind of come from just how soft he is as we're looking at him in Second Timothy. I mean, so gentle, so dad, like holding, you know. It's because he's about to die. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but the regular Paul is uh, razor sharp, man. And so there, there is kind of something to that. But right. But like it's important to understand we're not trying to hang people up. And if you understand just the fervor by which Acts 15 is written, it is important for us to know this is an important book or uh, chapter in your Bible. It's an important chapter in Acts, because, again, this if we don't settle this properly, it doesn't get resolved. And going forward, there's all these hangups with the gospel, right? And so that leads us to another kind of practical application. It says this, simply says this, shepherds must be clear on doctrine in order for sheep not to seek after alternative truth. Shepherds must be clear on doctrine in order for sheep to not seek after alternative truth. So like my Bible study leaders in here, this is why you need to be prepared. You're not um, uh, teaching in Bible study, but you very much need to have your handle on that passage because things are going to come up and people are going to want to go down some trail or track and it's going to be problematic. Shepherds must be clear on doctrine in order for sheep to not seek after alternative truth. So here's the deal. These are just little tips for your toolbox. If you are not sure, then ask leadership. So one of the things that, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we do, and it's not because he asked me to, he probably detested to some degree, but he understands this is the role that God has given him. As pastor, the one pastor in our class, Pastor James, it's a real benefit to our Bible study because then what happens? Questions come up in Bible study. I'm like, hey, pastor, feel that. He's weighing in and he's giving truth. And then now these young guys that are coming up and that are getting like, man, I think I can do Bible. Study. Absolutely. But you better have a handle on what it is you talking about. The other thing is learn the word for yourself. So the other deal that we got to get past is, OK, you could come to James. You could come to me. You could come to your Bible study, your discipler. But the whole thing that you got to understand in this church is you need to know it for yourself. You have absolutely got to know it for yourself. Now, I, you know, I'm just the, what I've heard over the, all the years, man, I, it is unbelievable just what I have, the amount of knowledge I've amassed just from sitting in church. It's incredible. I and mean, if you take notes, because, you know, Sam is great about repeating himself. So that way it locks it in your mind, you know, and then and then he always is going to back it up with scripture references and then you're going to be able to see it for yourself and then you're like okay that's not just his i know it you got to do that learn the word for yourself this is this is the whole thing if you think about what was happening in phoenicia and samaria what is he going to do to make sure that they know the word for themselves 
because now we got this two, two doctrines showing up. This is problematic. We got to make sure that you get rooted in the right thing before you get jacked up and you start telling people that they got to get circumcised in order to be saved. That's a problem. The other thing is, to that other point, know this, that after foolish questioning comes entanglement. Okay? That's the devil's goal is to confuse through foolish questioning. That's, you have to understand that there is something greater at work here. This is this gospel is like this is the beginning stages of it, y'all. Like we are we are thousands of years into it at this point. But then it's the beginning of it, which is why it's so critical that they didn't. They're like, we can't just let this fly. We can't just let oh, we'll just deal with it. We'll just send out some emails. No, <laughs> we got to go to Jerusalem. And make sure that Jerusalem is saying it. I'm, I will come back to that. There is something that the Lord very much wants Israel to be a part of. He's given them opportunity there. Okay, so make sure, and you know it, I, I didn't put this in the slide here, but Titus 3.9 says, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Don't get away from the simple truth. ABC, Jesus loves me. Start there. Build on that. Sometimes there's such a thirst and hunger for the deep things that you get lost in the shuffle. And then now all of a sudden, now you're not being faithful to the easy stuff. Because now you, you think you know too much. And really, all you did was get confused. Stick to the truth. That's one thing that we say in Bible study a lot, right? Is don't let the thing that kind of confuses you in the passage all of a sudden disrupt the thing you know is true already like as it relates to eternal security, things like that, you know? Very important. So this is that kind of establishment of that. You, you see that taking place here with these guys. Okay, then when you get to verse six, it says, the apostles and the elders came together for to consider of this matter. The purpose of this trip was to wisely seek out counsel that would be established not only for them, but for future generations. And look at that verse. Isn't that an incredible verse? Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Well, you ought to, that's a fantastic verse. See, one of the things that I, I, that I have, you know, because Pastor James is in here, basically I have a consultant. <laughs> I can just go directly straight to there are a lot of purposes that I have in my head. And sometimes he helps me establish those things just by saying, hey, have you thought about this? Consider this, right? So that's why we want to kind of build that culture in the class where you're utilizing me or the Bible study leader or James, your discipler, okay? That we just basically, that we create an atmosphere where there's questions and it's okay. The right ones, <laughs> right? The ones that help you to understand your book to know how to handle this situation. But then, okay, now we gotta trust you, you gotta do it, right? Remember, I can't live that life for you. But don't take, don't miss the fact that in verse six there, and the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter, why? Because they wanna make sure that this thing is established. There's gonna be great counsel. Peter is, he is now speaking. Now this just tells you something interesting, okay? Even though we know that the acts at this point has switched, it's a Paul focus. What happens in terms of Paul and how he is as a leader? The great, he highlights Peter. Peter is the one the Bible says, you need to speak first. 
you're the apostle to the Jews. And what you say will have such a lasting impact. And I, man, I wish that honestly, Israel had really taken Peter's heart and just dove in on it. They didn't. They didn't. There's some hang up there. We'll kind of talk about a little bit later. And so, again, just understanding that there is a way to kind of go about these things and handle these things that we just don't want to miss here. Now, I'm going to skip over this and go to verse 7. And it says, and where there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said to them, men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago, men, God made a choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And uh, there's something here that I want you to see. What This is what God's heart is, Philippians 2.14. Does it, does it say do some things? No, <laughs> actually it doesn't. Because here's the Lord's position. I guarantee you on this, in terms of the disputes that happen here, there's no dispute. I said this is how it should be. Why are we adding to the gospel? Do I have to argue that point? No, that's true. So now it makes sense when he says, do all things without murmurs and disputes. That's the Lord's heart. So, okay, now this is, I'm going to just give you this one for free. One of the, one of the things that you can absolutely do when there is something that kind of comes up in church and you're not really sure about, and you kind of feel a way about it and you want to make war with leadership, your best heart position is just to die to self and then just be ready to agree with whatever they say. I'm not, you didn't see, I didn't say don't meet with them. I'm just saying, prepare your heart to agree with them. Trust them. Trust that they have prayed about it. They have insight you don't have. They have been working through it, working with that person, whatever it is. Because sometimes, you know, when stuff gets happening and people leave or whatever, and then you feel a way about it and they didn't, the church didn't help enough. And that's how you stop all that nonsense. The Lord's heart is no disputing. Why? Because there is somebody right in here. So let's pick the right answer. What's the Lord's answer? If I'm going to the leadership here, I trust that. Go to the leadership. There is a right answer. And so, man, it's just a great way to help yourself. Now, listen, there are some other things to this. Again, I'll give you another free 99 here. Is... Oh, we didn't get that. We didn't get that. So no, let me go back. Write this down. This is so good. You can't just, you can't miss it. Hebrews 13. Is that up there? No. Hebrews 13, 7 and 17. Listen, this is what it says. Remember them which have rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Remember them which have rule over you. See, here's the thing. Leadership still has leaders over it. Submission is absolutely a place of protection. By them going to seek out this counsel. Now, Paul, he felt a way about it, and he could have just done whatever he wanted to do, but that's not how he rolls. He is a submitted man. So he goes to the leaders and says, hey, Church of Jerusalem, let's sort this matter out. And it needs to really come out of here properly. And think about it. They end up taking letters back to Antioch from Jerusalem. We know that the focus has shifted to Antioch, but let's don't just throw Jerusalem out the window. That's Paul's heart. Why? Because he's a submitted man. He knows how to lead, so he's going to follow. That's how you follow. Verse 17 of Hebrews 13, it says this, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? For they watch for your souls. 
as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. The best thing you can do, man, is just submit. It's the best place for me to be. If James says, Dale, you need to do a handstand, I'm going to try to work it out. Actually, I can do them pretty well, but I'm going to do it. Now, in my heart, I will have to say, why am I doing it? You know? Okay, just whatever. He's a pastor. I trust him. Because why? I trust that he's not going to ask me to do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> also, so here it is. Practical application. Write it down. Shepherds. The best shepherds are those that have been shepherded. The best shepherds are those that have been shepherded. You want to be a shepherd? You want to be a future leader in here? Then you got to follow. Ain't nobody going to hand you nothing. <laughs> okay. In this church, I'm just telling you, you don't, you haven't earned anything. You don't deserve anything. That's your position. Okay. But you got to understand if you, if you know how to follow, boy, then you're going to have a great insight on how to lead. So I love that. I love that. Big Paul. God wrote the epistles. Man, the guy that we look at, we put a statue to. Remember, we've been taking a hammer to that statue. We want to break it down because he's just a regular guy. He's not Jesus. He would say that. This big, big hero of the faith lowers himself. Go to Jerusalem. Sort this matter out. Let's see if we can get an answer about this. Maybe he's unsure himself. I'm not saying he is, but maybe he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what they're going to say. <laughs> you know, I'm going to submit. I'm going to agree with what they say, but I'm, I'm ready to dig my heels in because I'm kind of a sharp edged dude. Right. <laughs> and so that's just kind of how he rolls. But that man is so critical. The best shepherds are those that have been shepherded. And I love that we've seen several times where this guy had to submit himself and just be under the leadership that was there. And so you're just seeing that model for you. This is why you get a chance. Like I said, the big jacket is where you got to understand what's happening with the Gentiles and that there should not be any hang up. And that those little pockets, you're kind of seeing the enemy is wanting to get in there and create all of this nonsense just so why the gospel won't go out freely and clearly. Right. But then the little stuff is, well, what can you learn from that? Well, you guys are growing up in ministry. So you got decisions that you have to make. And I pray that you have a decision right now that just says, man, I'm, I'm going to be the type of leader that can be led. It will have great impact and benefit to you, even in your home. All of you that are parents, man, a lot of that wisdom is coming from what? How you were parented. But more importantly, you have a father, heavenly father, that can like undo the nonsense you maybe had to deal with with mom and dad, right? Seek his... Uh, Seek his wisdom on that. So this is good. I like, I like that we're seeing that there. Okay, let's keep going. So now the other thing that we kind of see, let's see what other, John 15. Uh, yeah, okay, this is important right here. Where in, in verse seven, you know, is where it says, um, and when there had been much disputing, Peter, Peter rose up and said to them, men and brethren, you know how that a good while God made choice among us. Okay, super critical right here. So this verse right here, it says something really interesting. It says, ye are my friends, if you do so whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, 
and ordain you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the father in my name he give it unto you and so this is really important it was god's plan which is why it's god's choice you have to understand that it was it's god's plan as paul as great as we may think he is peter as great as we may think he is none of those guys devised this plan this is the lord's plan and it's god's choice to put whomever he's going to put in leadership to lead the flock so i don't have to be all worked up about it but i can kind of take comfort in it right and that's the one thing that i kind of want you to just understand about that when you see that and then by my when he's saying of his mouth here in Exodus 4.12, it says, this also let us know kind of like that, the power of the preaching there. Now, therefore, go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And in Romans 10, it says, see then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have not they heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. So now don't miss this. We should not lean so heavily on showing it through our lives because it creates an imbalance. It must be both. I got to preach it. I got to live it. I got to do both. I got to preach it. I got to live it. And so here's your practical application. Shepherds, they have to know that we are chosen by God and commanded to preach. Why does that matter? Because sometimes you can feel like you are ill-equipped to do whatever it is that God has called you to do. And so then you don't do it because you're only seeing yourself through your lens, not his lens. If he says you need to do this, Bible study leader, discipler, fellowship leader, it's a lesson that I had to learn. I, man, I can, I can point at all these cats, that I'm, I'm, they're better equipped and they should be doing this and why am I doing that? I wasted too much time just thinking like that. And the Lord is like, it's your job, son, do it. It's mine, shepherds have to know this. You were chosen by God. He is the one that has told the leadership or whatever, you know, if I say, hey, okay, I think you're ready to be one of the Bible study leaders in faith fellowship. That's because you know where I got that email from? The Lord, <laughs> right? It's not like I'm just, I got y'all's names in a hat and I just shake up that hat and then pull names out and go, I think Rosie. Okay, Rosie, will you be one? No, that's not how this works. The Lord has given an example of how your lifestyle is. I get a chance to see that. I get a chance to see how it is you steward the gospel, how your counsel is. And ultimately the Lord will ring a bell. And then you know what? I have my protection, my counselor. I go to my brother, hey man, this is what I'm thinking. We just had that conversation not too long ago, just to make sure we're on the same page. And he agreed, we agree, good night, see ya. That's how, that's how this goes. See, I, I love the one thing about Paul is he didn't get hung up worried about how much damage he had done in the past. Because that's kind of how we minister. We, we feel so shameful about how we were. You got to let it go. I mean, the, man, the enemy knows that. So he just keeps bringing that stuff up. You see now, why, that's, why, that's the power that this cat wields because he just gets like, Man, I'm in. Lord, I can't believe you've given me these opportunities. So I'm going to take them. I know this comes straight from you now. In his case, I'm absolutely, it did, right? I mean, the dude gets out there for, yeah, it makes total sense if it was 40 days. Just because Moses, same thing, his time away with God, that's how long it was, you know, so it could be that whole time frame, you know, for uh, Paul. 
when he got when he was in Saudi Arabia, you know, getting ministered to. So, yeah, he heard it directly from Jesus himself. Right. But like, that's incredible. It's incredible to just kind of live in that truth. And man, it changed faith fellowship. Once I stopped arguing with the Lord about should I be doing it? And I just said, I'm doing it. It changed everything. Change everything. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm praying if you're wrestling with that, don't. <laughs> just look at Peter. Same, same thing. This guy know, okay, that's what I got to do. I just love the assurance, the surety of what he's saying right here, right? Okay, now. So now there's something else here. Uh, and let's see, I think, is that up there? 1045? No, in verse eight. Okay, let's look at that. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Now, something, guys, that I have uh, probably not mentioned a whole lot is we got to understand something. So remember when Stephen said that to, to his indictment on Israel is that they have resisted the Holy Spirit like throughout history. Okay, so they're actually, they have betrayed the lord god the father okay by in terms of how they acted during that time that they just denied him didn't have him be king and then we see that kind of transition then the lord deny him so the same thing with the holy spirit the holy spirit is so at play in acts like you really have to understand like this is a big deal and so one thing that you should do i, I kind of gave another brother this um homework is look at holy ghost and look at an attribute and just an axe, okay? Now it's gonna do, I think if you do blue letters, say Luke and Acts, but if you just look at Acts and look at Holy Ghost and look at the attributes that comes with the Holy Ghost being there, super critical, really important because this conceptually is something now that is being given to a group, not just one, like you would have seen Moses or David or Solomon or, you know, Samson, you know, these kind of guys where you kind of see that kind of take place now is being offered to everybody. It's a big deal. Right. And so you should look at that. That's a, it's a really kind of fun study. And you just, you get the chance to see how active the Holy ghost is in this furtherance of the gospel. And obviously, uh, you know, it's going to work in, in a kind of a tandem here. Okay. So one of the things here for my shepherds, Understand that the feel that you have is critical to highlighting Jesus at work in your life. In verse eight, you know, when he says that, and God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. It's important for you to understand that feel. Now, let me give you some insight here. When it says this, God wanted the leaders of the church in Jerusalem of God to give kind of like a testify that this had been granted to the Gentiles, that the Holy Ghost, and which is why Peter kind of mentions that, because it's important. Had that not had been given, see, there would be something to kind of hang up, but nothing. They give truth. The Gentiles accept it. Holy, Holy Ghost gets indwelled in them, right? Okay. This would be a great impact, because here's why. Israel miscalculated its separation unto God as a position better than everybody else that miscalculation is so gross that uh it's unfortunately still in existence today here's what god's plan was to be a blessing to everybody and so what amazement it would have been internally to watch gentiles be given something that they now had and that it was equal you see what i'm saying the holy spirit is not like lesser for gentiles than it is for Jews. nope same big deal if that terminology comes out of the church of Jerusalem, it has 
like ripple effect. This is why I think it is that the Lord is saying, Peter, speak up. Tell them what happened to you in Joppa. Tell them again, just rehash it. But have them understand this great thing, this, this great truth that's coming out. Because now when he says, bear witness, uh, bear them witness, there is this kind of tag that now gets on us that you would normally only, only see on Israel. But now it's on us. Because we have trusted in Jesus. Because we have the Holy Spirit. Super important. Jerusalem has to get on board here. Well, that's the church, not um, the, uh, and I just lost it. What's the S? <laughs> the, uh, the Jewish rulership. What? Sanhedrin, <laughs> not the Sanhedrin. So this is the church. So because the Lord is about unity and he doesn't want this gospel fractured because it's going to be established for generations to come, it's got to be set in order. Jerusalem has to get on board that this is happening to the Gentiles. They're, they're being given the Holy Spirit and that there shouldn't be any hang up and it needs to come out of their mouth. Big deal. This shows Antioch's allegiance to that. And now God can do whatever in terms of going forward with that and Paul and carrying him out. But now you see that Jerusalem is on board. That's huge, huge, huge testimony for Peter right here. And just there's a great kind of assurance of even what it is that he's saying. And so as we kind of come to a close here, we know just these scriptures here, and we'll just kind of run through some of these where, right here and put no difference between us and them. This is coming out of Peter's mouth. Big deal. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. And so here are all of these verses here. For he is our peace who hath made both one and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And you see in Colossians 3.11, we know that we all know this, and some you may have had to have said because of people on wrong doctrine, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Big deal. So you see here what, what we're fighting for in, in Jerusalem. And then I love this on the purifying side. Okay, so if circumcision was going to be a big deal, I love it right here. We just <laughs> kick that out the door. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and of ashes of a heifer sprinkling unclean sanctifying the pure of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works and serve the living God? Mic drop. You just walk out of the room after that. Right? Like, I mean, the whole idea is ridiculous. The act of circumcision is not going to be better than God's blood. That's a better covering. <laughs> That's a better purification. So I love that he's just like, no, man, come on. What are we doing here? It is so good that that was the, the road and the route that they took. And so then what does he say? Critical words here in verse 10. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we are able to bear? And there's a picture I want you to see. So this is a yoke in case you haven't seen it. See, the Lord knew you see, these yokes match. That's the enemy's yokes are like that. The one from the Lord, his is like this one, and yours, you're not even hooked up to it. You're just really hanging out on the outside. <laughs> How do we know this? We can see that in Matthew. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So that means you had a yoke on you. 
And he says, I took the other one off, put mine on. What else do you say? And learn of me, for I am meek, lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Not circumcision. Burden is light. And so, in summary, we can see that there is this submission. We can see this great thing that absolutely we should be grateful for because, well, now we have a gospel that doesn't have all these handcuffs and hangups and ball of chain next to it. Man, it's just free truth. Free to me. It costs Jesus everything. But now it's free for me to take. And I also get a chance to just learn as I shepherd and go through of just about how submission, how do I handle things that come up that are difficult? How should I go about doing this? Do I have a heart to be in unity with my brothers? Do I have a heart to not always dispute everything that comes up that I would just silence my mouth, study to be quiet and agree with the leadership that's in place? Do we have hearts like that? I'm telling you, it will, it will adversely affect our leading if we don't lead like this. We have to learn those critical lessons that it is that Peter is showing us, that Paul is showing us by his submission to what's happening in the church of Jerusalem. And so listen, be grateful this week as you consider your gospel because, well, now the Lord would have done it anyway, but man, Paul was fighting to make sure that you could have the gospel freely. I mean, in his heart, on to some level, he's thinking about us, right? Now I wouldn't have to have all these hangups, right? And so, man, just, I pray, listen, it's a, it is a difficult passage to some degree, but really just take the, the simplicity of it is this, the Lord is freely giving and freely offering everything that he has so that you can effectively do what it is that he has commanded us to do, which is preach and live it out, right? And so Saturday, you will have an opportunity to do that. I pray that you will join Josh. Remember, meet with him, walk with him back over to church. And uh, man, let's just consider, let be, let's be grateful for that what happened here. But let's also understand we are also active members of that Ministry of Reconciliation group. And there's some work that we may have to do. Steward your areas well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you uh, for your word and just the things that we're kind of looking at here. And Lord, I am grateful for just the example of these men and how they're submitting to one another, even in difficulty, even in probably just wanting to be hot-blooded about it and just argue the point. Lord, I pray that we would fight for unity in this way, that, Lord, we could come to an agreement because we understand, Lord, that you are so pleased when we agree with each other. And then, Lord, we ask that we would just continue that agreement that happens in heaven that when we're walking in the spirit, when we're dying to each other and dying to ourselves and man, and that we just highlight the brother more so than ourselves and what that, what that does and how that engages us to have that protection. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be afraid of submission as if it was something just to put me in this harmful, vulnerable space. That's a good place for me to be. Lord, I pray that help us to learn the mastery of being de uh, dependent and, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, capable uh, by your word simultaneously. Lord, be with us as we consider these things this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.